Hey everybody, it's TJ. First off, I want to thank you for being a loyal Corporate Streets listener. And as a loyal Corporate Streets listener, I know you came out looking for us on Friday, trying to get your fix for the PowerCast, and it wasn't there for you. For that, we apologize. However, it is one day later. It's Saturday. We have it ready for you now. Better late than never, right? All right, without further ado. A Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaron. Hey, everybody. And this week, we are discussing the 24th law. Play the perfect courtier. All right, translation time. Jaron, hit us with that, please. Okay, so I actually did not know what a courtier was exactly. Uh, OGRG has mentioned it um, many of times throughout the book. Uh, However, I never took the opportunity to actually go and see what a courtier actually was i used my context clues i just knew it was some kind of guy that uh you know hung out with the king and queen so the actual definition of a courtier is a person who attends a royal court as a companion or advisor to the king or queen all right i I got that same definition as well that's pretty close and i found that on the internet (laughs) so that could be wrong or right i don't know no, man, we both found the same things. Got to be right. All right. And so uh, so for the translation this week, you know how everybody uh, used to say, you know, be like Mike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to suggest that everybody uh, be like Magic. And that's Magic right. Johnson. Okay. And I'm growing. And so, you know, I'm not going to make any jokes. <laughs> be like magic like how <laughs> so how you say uh be like magic magic johnson um, was one of those rare players who could actually play every single position on the basketball court so anything from the point guard to the center and uh and how tall was he he was, he was about six nine so that's crazy to be a point guard that tall six nine point guard or six nine center so he was able to play everything. And so I feel like he was able to be flexible. Uh, he could, he would be able to change his skill set depending on what position he was playing on the court. He can go and D up anybody. He can, he can score on anybody. He was the uh, ultimate courtier in this, in this, in this, in this sense. Okay. And, and he was the perfect courtier and we will uh, break down um, what that means exactly um, here shortly. All right. And now that we've done with the translation, I'd say a few words from the OG himself. He says, the perfect courtier thrives in a world where everything revolves around power and political dexterity. He has mastered the art of indirection. He flatters, yields to superiors, 
and asserts power over others in the most oblique and graceful manner. Learn to apply the laws of courtiership and there will be no limit to how far you can rise in the court. And when I thought about it, I'm thinking about, okay, what is the modern day courtier? Jaron just told us a translation that in the translation, he gave us a definition also that a courtier is an advisor to the king and the queen. And that must have been a super difficult job, right? Because their job is to advise the king and queen without outshining them and still making them feel important. Kind of, it's it's a hard job. To, it's a fine line. It's a tightrope. A hard job? Man, there were stories in here where they talked about the courtier pissed off the king and they had to kill themselves over that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a hard gig. So imagine uh, having yeah. to outshine. Yeah, you, 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 you know, know, your productivity's down and, he, and you get beheaded. Yeah, I would say that's a hard gig. That's a hard gig, man. So you have to outshine the other courtiers because it's not just you. It's not like you were the the chosen one. There's a ton of courtiers running around and you have to outshine all of them. But you got to be careful not to step on the king or the queen's toes. That's a that's a tough gig, man. You have to understand as a courtier, that is, you have to understand that perception is everything. Courtiers have to make the king seem bigger, stronger, faster, smarter, but he has to keep fellow courtiers very fearful of their of of him or her right yeah. or at the time i'm pretty sure they were all hims huh back in that back probably in those so. days they were probably all hims well they probably so, have female courtiers or i don't know if that's what they would be called but you know that kind of helped out the queen yeah so she had her crew the og says that great courtiers are gracious and polite and their aggression their aggression is veiled and indirect so as a courtier you have to know how to please others without selling themselves short i know that all of this talk of courtier sounds outdated but according to the og as long as there is power there would be courts courtiers and court politics all right so we're about to get into these laws of court politics so i'm going to start it out law number one avoid ostentation so you need to be modest out here man because the more flashy that you are the more people are going to try to come after you. And the OG says that you should talk less about yourself and more about other people. So in doing that, you want to you want to try to prove that you aren't who people say that you are. You're, you're going to talk yourself a little bit down and give other people the credit over yourself. So that's a form of being modest. And as usual, you know, when I give my my examples I'm either using sports or relationships, so got to stay true to the brand. So this actually reminds me, so like even like in dating, you don't want to be saying too much, especially not like on the first date as far as like just disclosing all of your information. And I think this was like one of the first laws about talking less. So uh, of of one of the first laws of, of, of power. Yeah. And so, yeah, talk less about yourself, that is. Exactly. And in that relationship, if 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 the woman or the other person has heard a lot about you say, "Man, I heard that you that you got all kinds of money. You super rich." You don't just come out and say, "Oh, well, you know, I do have a lot of successful businesses." Ha 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 ha. Right. That's not the way to go about it. Like I said, you try to prove that you're not who other people say you are. You down talk that. You, you or you downplay it as, uh, you know, 
I do well for myself. I'm I'm not it's not too bad. Right. And that's a form of being modest and people appreciate that. Yep. Yep. All right. So number two, you also have to be nonchalant. Never appear to be working too hard. So you gotta kinda kinda play down your your efforts a bit. You know, so if you went and again, let's say this is a relationship thing, first date. Like you had to make these reservations, you had to, um, you know, get the get the restaurant to light candles and all this kind kind of crazy stuff, and you had to tip like the the the, the valet guy, so you had like the VIP parking and everything. But to your date, you got to be like, ah, oh, you know, it's nothing. This is just everyday stuff for me. Even though you worked like all day trying to get this set up. Yeah, because nobody wants to hear your grunting. Nobody wants to see your crying. Nobody wants to smell your sweat. <laughs> nobody wants to hear it, man. Nobody wants to hear about how hard it, how hard it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, it's low key bragging in a sense. Yeah, that's that's breaking that first rule of avoiding ostentation. You want to be modest about it. When you talk about, hey, look at me, I worked so hard for this. Did you, you, you have no idea how many people I had to call and I stayed on hold for three hours just to get this thing. Yeah. You're trying to get credit and brag, and nobody wants to see that, man. Yeah. And quite frankly, you just look like more of a boss when it just seems like it's just like no big deal. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and all you corporate people out there sending the emails at 8.30 p.m. just so people can see that you was working late, it's whack. Stop it, okay? <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. All right, moving on to number three. Be frugal with flattery. You know what? Too much of anything is a bad thing. So, again, you got to move in moderation, man. Are you going to tell your boss, you know, are you going to tell boss lady how great her shoes look every single day? It gets old after a while, man. You got to switch it up a little bit. But you shouldn't do it all the time. So maybe just maybe just on occasion, you know, once once every couple of weeks or something. If it's, especially if it's the boss or the boss thing. Exactly. I mean, those compliments start losing value after a while when they hear it all the time. And I'm gonna go with Jaren on this one. Even in relationships, you telling your woman or you telling your man every single day the same old thing, you know, because it's just the perfunctory thing to do. The statement to make, oh, well, you look nice today. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you look nice today. Starts losing starts losing value. Yeah, I would say that compliment loses value. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, man. And it appears to be patronizing. Oh, you know what? You're so smart. You're a genius. What would I ever do without you? Nobody wants to hear that every day, man, because it starts to sound fake. Yep. All right, number four. Arrange to be noticed. Create distinctive style. So you have to do something to set yourself apart from the rest. Okay. You know, like there might be trends going around. You don't want to look like the the same as everybody else who has that little, you know, furry ball on the top of their hat. Or, (laughs) Or let's say you're in a position where you're just kind of a subordinate. You're not like a manager or anything. So... You might just be wearing T-shirts and jeans to work every day. Well, no, you can flip it. You can you can flip the script. Start wearing like a shirt and tie, buttons up, button ups. Then it looks like you, you know now you're setting yourself apart from the rest of the pack. They, you know they'll start taking you a little more seriously. You'll start getting noticed. 
Exactly. You know, I kind of do this at work already myself. Our dress code is like a loosely business casual type spot. So on a daily basis, I dress pretty sharp, buttoned down shirts and some tailored slacks, some nice hard bottom shoes. On Fridays, it's casual day. I dress pretty nice. Clothes are neat, iron, and I love sneakers. My sneakers are kind of colorful. I have a small collection of them and they're well kept. So I'm known for dressing stylishly and dressing nicely, but it's still subtle. But people know when I'm around because they're looking for my shoes. I hear it every Friday. Oh, I just want to see what kind of shoes you had on today or what colors you wore today. And that's that's my way of arranging to be noticed. People are waiting to see what I'm wearing. So for number five, alter your style of language depending on the people that you are dealing with. So my little mini translation of this is different strokes for different folks. For me, there was a time when I prided myself. I mean, really prided myself on the way that I talk to people. Just the fact that I talk to colleagues and I talk to management the same way. I didn't change. And I thought that that was cool. I know how to speak tactfully. And because of that skill of knowing how to speak tactfully, I felt like I can say whatever I want to whoever I want. But this law taught me I was doing it all wrong, man. How so? Well, I mean, when you're talking to your peers... Or direct reports, people on your level or below you, you seem to be condescending when you talk the way you talk. And when you're talking to management and you talk in that talk, you appear to be threatening uh, or, or offensive. So I've learned to change my ways. So you never really adjusted? No, no, I never adjusted. I just talk tactfully to everybody. It's basically, I'm politically correct, but I, say, I still say what's on my mind. And I thought that, that was cool that I'm being me no matter who I'm talking to. I wasn't adjusting it like, okay, I need to talk to this person with a certain level of respect because they're a manager. I need to talk to this person with a certain level of respect because they're on my level or below me. I just talk the way I talk. I just am who I am. And so I've learned I've learned to change that based on this law. Okay. And so in the, in the sports, again, Magic Johnson played all those positions. He couldn't play the center role if he was, you know, the center on the court. At a given moment, he couldn't play that same role as a point guard. True, his his skill set has has to adjust. You know, he needed to be more on the rebounds and boxing people out. He couldn't be running down the court ready for the fast break when he was. Well, no, actually, he could, but it just wouldn't have been effective. Right. It wouldn't have been the most effective move. Right, right. So he had to adapt and be point guard. And play like how point guards play when he was in that position. Right. And so the same thing when you're dealing with people, whether you're at work or whether you're wherever you are, you need to make sure that you're adapting to what's going to be the power play for you, the thing that's going to be most successful. Yeah. All right. Next one is number six. Never be the bearer of bad news. Bring only good news. Again, relationships um, or dating. In the beginning, you don't want to come out with negative stories. You know, you want to be more upbeat. You want to be happy. You want to deliver good things. You don't want to come out talking about Donald Trump on a first date. Right. <laughs> Bringing down the mood. Right, right. You want to you want to talk about the good stuff. You want to talk about how Jay-Z just got the songwriter of the year. Or, no, was it songwriter award? What was the thing? Yeah, songwriting award, yeah. the songwriting hall of fame. Yeah, he got that. That's what you want to talk about on the first day. Right. You know what? In the present day, we don't really shoot the messenger literally, but 
trust and believe you will be remembered for the one that brought the mood down. So if something, if I'm the one bringing in the bad news, they're going to say, I remember like it was yesterday. TJ walked into the room and said this. And then Michael Jackson died. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to be remembered for the guy that told that bad news and brought the mood down for everybody. You will forever be remembered by being tied to that bad news. So be the God of good news. Do your very best not to be the one bringing in the bad news. Number seven, never affect friendliness or intimacy with your master. (laughs) Man, we cool, but we ain't that cool. That's how I take that one. Basically, don't bang your boss. (laughs) Don't get comfortable and think that you're friendlier than what you really are, man. If boss lady calls you into the office or boss man calls you into the office, starts sharing his personal stories, starts gossiping about what's going on around the workplace, don't think you best buds now. She still has a job that needs to be done, and you need to do that damn job. Just be like, okay, but these TCS reports, though. (laughs) (laughs) the problem is is we tend to get lazy as friends man if you think that you cool with your boss and you start thinking it's like friend time you start to get lazy like ah she ain't gonna trip i'm only eight minutes late to work i'm only 10 minutes late to work you still need to maintain that line and don't get it confused so if she treats you or he treats you like you guys are best buds that's cool just don't get relaxed you make sure you keep the distance you show that you're maintaining the distance All right. And so number eight, never criticize those above you. So that that boss you're not trying to be friends with, you also shouldn't tell them, like, hey, your hair looks a little dry today. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to do that. Now, he said never criticize those above you directly. Sometimes you got to tell them that stuff ain't going right. You just don't do it directly. So if your boss has bad breath, you don't go to him and say, man, your breath stank. You know, that's not the way to do it. You subtly pull out a piece of gum. You eat you a piece and then you offer your boss a piece of gum. And that's subtly, you know, that's subtly sending a, a message that, hey, you want a piece of gum? Or you could just walk by and just drop a whole pack of gum off and just let it fall <laughs> out your pocket onto the floor. Wait, it's not even an open pack? Right, it's a full (laughs) pack with a receipt. Just let them find it. Nah, man, that's too direct, Like a a whole ten of Altoids, so they hear it. (laughs) You just keep walking by. Right, so it's rattling. (laughs) No, you just walk by their office rattling Altoids. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a can of pity. Sounds like a piggy bank. Yeah. That's funny. All right, number nine. Be frugal in asking those above you for favors. So don't cry wolf with the favors, all right? You don't, you can't be crying wolf with the favors. There's a shallow pool of favors that people have to give. And some pools are more shallow than others. Don't drain all the water out of the pool. The OG says never ask for favors on someone else's behalf either, all right? So this allows that person to save water in their pool while you use up your pool of water. You know what I'm saying? Make them use their own pool. Yeah, I'm like, like the master on favor. I, I think I've been living by that one pretty much all my life. Like, I never, you know, as an adult, I never really liked asking, like, say, my parents for money or anything to get me out of a hole. I rather just worked my way out. 
Um, I've always been very just hesitant to ask for favors. And then because I always felt like, you know, one day I will really, really need something. And those the, those couple times have come up, and I did come in and cash in on them a favor. So. And it was never okay. a problem because it, I wasn't that exactly. kid who was always asking for, you know, money every time rent came around or whatever. Exactly. I mean, it's a shallow pool, and you didn't dip into the pool and make it a drought, so you did right. I remember this from being a kid, man. I learned this early because your friends be like, hey, man, ask your mom, is it cool if you come outside? Hey, uh, Jaren said, is it okay if I come outside? Oh, man, yeah. that never went well. Jaren said, can he spend a night tonight? And I always got the business. Well, not always. I learned my lesson after the first couple times. My mom made it very clear not to come in asking anything that someone else is trying to ask. If I'm asking, I need to ask it for myself. No, we did the opposite. We had, um, each, we asked each other's parents on behalf oh, okay. of the other kid. Because they'd be oh, like, okay. like, she ain't going to tell you no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I got it for that, too. Don't have nobody coming to me asking me nothing. <laughs> so that backfired, too, man. Ask your own favors. And right. ask it for you. All right, number 10. Never joke about appearances or taste. And I remember this. I, I, I would, I would uh, give another example for dating. Like, if you're in a date, you don't want to be teasing, like, the waitress that's been helping you. That just looks a little silly to, like, go and tease someone else in front of your date, like, a, you know, at their expense. Right. Okay, yeah, TJ just texted me while we're... <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. I got it. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, you don't want to do that. And I know this is about masters and stuff, but, again, um, you can apply this thing to uh, a lot of different uh, places. So it's not always best to try to tease somebody, you know, in, in order to try to win points. Exactly. I mean, like you said, this is not just about masters or bosses. This is about gaining power. And you might want to have power over the waitress to make sure you have a good night. You want to manipulate your night or control your night to make it the best night possible for you, your date, your friends, whoever. And joking about appearances can just be seen as a flat out attack. There's a lot of emotion tied to how people look and their ideas of taste. And if you make the wrong joke, you might not be able to recover from it. Or you just might look like a put the bleep there <laughs> dude you gotta stop it bro this is the power cast this is not the podcast anyway oh ain't a bad word dude <laughs> stop it bro okay. <laughs> number 11 i won't say anymore do not <laughs> stupid man you stupid number 11 do not be the court cynic so don't be the negative ned or be the negative Nancy, okay? Don't be that person. Even if you're doing it in a joking manner, it might be funny at first, but after a while, people get tired of all that negativity. Or negative Nikisha. Or negative... Uh, Nashawn. Nashawn, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Got to keep it equal opportunity corporate streets here, right? Yeah, don't be, that, don't be that guy or girl. Shouldn't be criticizing everything. You have to uh, keep some positivity around you. Exactly. And, and the OG was pointing out that if you highlight others' achievements, since you were involved, it really 
indirectly calls attention to your own achievements. So while you're screaming about how wonderful somebody else is doing, people begin to gauge the person that's doing the talking as well. So if I say, man, Jaron is doing a really, really good job at such and such. If I keep touting that or if I'm touting that, people start looking at me too like, well, how's he doing? That makes you so. look a little powerful too. Like you're, you're giving that guy a pat on the back, even if he might be your peer. It, exactly. But, but just giving somebody credit for something makes it seem like as if you are a person of power. And real quick, um, there's even a guy at work, and he would always uh, tell you know give somebody a compliment every time he sees him. And I just thought it, I thought it was weird, but since doing this book, it was like, oh, that's a lot of power that he's doing. He's always telling people like, oh, those are nice shoes. That's a nice shirt. No matter what it is, he put he picks something out for everybody, and he's going to be associated with that guy who's always saying nice things. So Yeah, but the the problem is is that he just got to make sure he doesn't overdo it though with the flattery. He'll be breaking one of the he'll be breaking one of the courtier laws. It all seems very natural though. People, I mean because you you rarely I mean most people don't hear that every day. Right. That's true. So And and like Jaron was saying about it makes you powerful to see a peer give another peer a pat on the back. It also shows confidence, too. Rather than talking about yourself and being concerned about how you did and appearing narcissistic, bragging about what you did, it shows, hey, this guy must be confident in himself to be able to give another person a pat on the back versus trying to take the pat yep. for himself. Yep. All right. So number 12, be self-observant. And to me, that just means you, you have to be aware of how you appear, you know, in the in the eyes of of the master or in the eyes of your date or whoever it may be. You you have to make sure I mean, and I'm thinking of like appearances. Um not necessarily the clothes that you're wearing, but it could be that too. But you shouldn't be at your desk, you know, every time they walk by and they see you're on your phone, you know, that's not looking good. Like right, uh, right now it's tax season in my job. I'm getting up every couple of minutes going to the printer because I'm constantly printing out stuff. And I could just print it all out at once and just walk up once, but walking back and forth, you know, multiple times a day, I'm looking busy now. <laughs> okay, exactly. And you know what? People can tell what they they, they can tell you what they think of you. However, they may be biased or it may be an ulterior motive. So you can't fully trust the other's opinions of you. So the OG says you have to train your mind to see yourself as others see you. Mm -hmm. So look at yourself from the perspective of others. Are you nice to be around? Are you easy to talk to? Are you ruthless? Do you appear to be desperate? You have to look at yourself from how other people may view you. Because the stuff that people are telling you, oh, man, you're so great, you're so nice, they're giving you those compliments so you can give them something. Or they might be telling the truth, but the point is, it may be skewed or biased. Yeah. And it's kind of tough, it's kind of tough sometimes to, to kind of step outside yourself and, and give an honest, you know, opinion about how you're looking and how you may be looking to other, to other people. Yep. So that That's is something that, that would take some practice, I would imagine, for a lot of people. All right, number 13, master your emotions. 
Translation, conceal your intentions. That was law number three. So you know that many people wear their emotions like on their face or they kind of wear their hearts on their sleeves. You can't be unpredictable if people can say a few words and then they know exactly what you feel through your body language or through your facial expression. So you have to master your emotions. Yeah, I was just actually talking to somebody about um, disciplining their kids. And you shouldn't be disciplining with emotion behind it. Right. Should, yeah, that was we were just talking about that. Oh, that was you. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't be like, boy, if you don't go sit down and get this. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Because that that eventually just makes it look uh, make you look less powerful. Um, you look less in control when you're freaking out and you know, say raising your kids with emotion, you know, your emotions on your sleeves. Right. Or you shouldn't be beating your kids at all, but you shouldn't be trying to discipline your kids when you're upset because yep. you don't want the anger to shine through. the The discipline is supposed to be a teaching moment. It's not supposed to be a scapegoat moment. <laughs> power tip from the power cast. <laughs> All right, number 14. Fit the spirit of the times. <laughs> so you can't be walking around here wearing dickies. That's not what people are wearing now. Come on, in Cali, dickies will never die, bro. Okay. Say you, that say that in LA. Okay. Well, you you can't be out here wearing Eastlands. Okay, no. Nah, in, in Tommy shirts where your your socks are getting dyed red and that kind of stuff. Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be you can't be looking like a throwback, you know, version of yourself. Nah, man, don't get caught up in the man. I'm not with this new stuff. I'm old school. I don't do that. You can't get caught up in that, man. People start running circles around you. Like, think about this. I'm not going to call out any rapper's names, but insert old school rapper's name here. I know <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it, but when they make new music, it sounds like old music, and that's not good. You know, they need to get with the times. I think a lot of old school rappers go through that. Yeah. And on that same token, though, if you're too forward thinking, people won't understand you. Take like a <clears throat> Kanye West. I mean, when he did 808s and Heartbreak, it was too much. When he did his electronic album, Yeezus, it was super electronic. Uh, people didn't understand it. And so if you lead the pack over the hill, sometimes you're the first one to get shot. And he got shot down for that. And then, I mean, in years to come, you're going to hear people doing that all the time. So don't be too forward either. You want to be right with the times. Or you might push the envelope a little bit. But be prepared to be shot down if you go too far over that hill by yourself. Yep. Number 15, be a source of pleasure. <laughs> no one wants to be around anything or anyone that they don't enjoy. Nobody wants to do that. People are magnets to things or people that they love to be around. So most of all, understand your pleasant and unpleasant qualities and try to stay away from your unpleasant qualities. At least know how to control them. And I feel like just doing something as simple as smiling, you know, I, I believe that kind of would help a lot in this particular law. Okay. Just being that guy who's who's smiling at people. You're not frowned up saying good morning, you know. Uh, just like I said, the one guy who always is paying compliments to people. Compliments, yeah. You know, yeah. he's associated with saying nice things. Well, you know, be that person that's always got a smile on their face. 
That's true. And you know what? You came at it from a totally different angle than I did. This is why it's good that we have, you know, that is that is two of us doing it. Um, my take on that is I'm just talking about controlling the unpleasant things. It sounds like Jaron is talking about controlling the pleasant and being more pleasant. But if you know you have a bad body odor and you know that that's offensive, <laughs> you need to understand how to control that situation. Don't be unpleasant. Don't be the guy that know he has bad feet and you're walking around with your socks off. That's not a smart move. It's not the power play. You want to be a source of pleasure. Don't be the guy with the smelly feet. Okay. <laughs> Don't be stinky Steve. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Or uh, we, we got to be equal opportunity, bro. Stinky. Stefan. Yeah. Don't be stinky Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> so the Family Matters already wrote that one for us. So yeah, that's cool. All right, so since this law is such a beast, it was long on the audiobook, it's going to be long on our podcast. We're going to go ahead and split this one up into two parts. So First time ever. Yeah, yeah. We knew it would happen eventually, but... First time for everything. So this is it. This is going to be um, part one of Law 24. And uh, we're going to go ahead and put out Law 2, or excuse me, part two. So go ahead and click on over on that one. Yeah, we're ushering you through the aisle to go to the room for part two. Go, go. Okay, this is what you do. You go get, like, some popcorn. Go get your refreshments. Let's go to the kitchen. Let's go to the kitchen. Let's go to the kitchen and get ourselves a snack. Man. What the hell? What is that? That's the refreshment song. <laughs> okay, that was nice. All right, yeah. See you in, see you in a couple of seconds. Bye. Don't wait too long. Go now. Go now. Peace.